Hi, I'm Batsheva Frankel from Overthrowing Education, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, Edumagicians. Welcome to the Edumagic Podcast with your host, Dr. Sam Fesich. Dr. Sam is a professor of education, author of Edumagic, and a pumpkin spice latte fan. This podcast is designed for pre-service teachers. Remember, friends, teaching doesn't begin at graduation, but during that first class at 8 a.m. Let's get this party started. magicians and welcome back to another episode of the Edgy Magic Podcast. Today I have on Amanda Jean and we are talking all about digital portfolios, the why, the how, the what, and everything in between. Amanda is the first person on the show to be a guest that's welcomed back. She was on the show where she talked previously about stuff for student teachers and I'll link to that in the show notes. So grab a cup of coffee a pen and paper or your phone for Google Keep or Microsoft to do. And let's start getting some notes down. Let's hop into digital portfolios. What are they? Why do we need them? And how do we create one that's compelling, that's going to help move us forward in our job search? Without further ado, Amanda Jean Reichert. So Amanda, let's start with the why. Why Why do teacher candidates need to have a digital portfolio? That's a great question. So I have a digital portfolio that I keep up day to day, even now that I am an employed teacher. Um, But when I was student teaching and a teacher candidate looking for a job, I knew I needed a digital portfolio because I wanted somewhere to showcase my work and um, the samples that I had from working with students and children all over um, in my area. And way back um, in teacher land uh, years ago, we used to do binders. We used to have a portfolio, and it was like literally a, a, a handheld portfolio with all of your um, you know, artifacts from student teaching and whatnot. But these days, interviews are fast and furious and busy and they ask you so many questions. You don't have time to hand them a binder and then to sit there and flip through it. So the digital portfolio kind of serves that purpose, and it also gives um, the people interviewing you, those administrators, a chance to go in and look, um, even on their own time, not necessarily in the interview. I really like that, that you shared why we need it and what it is. Do you have any suggestions on how we can create a digital portfolio? And maybe even um, to piggyback off of that, how, maybe we'll talk about this later in the episode, but how can we use a digital portfolio during our job interview process? That's a really good question. So we'll go through the whole how to create and some tips and things I have for that. But um, as far as the interview goes, When I did um, my interviews, I always had like a one sheet, so a piece of paper that had any important information on it, and I had the link to my digital portfolio and a QR code on that one sheet that I would hand to whoever I was interviewing with. And I know that for the interview where I currently work, um, when I handed that to them and I mentioned there is a QR code that leads to my digital portfolio, my webpage, Every single principal in the interview whipped their phone out and scanned the QR code, and they were looking at my digital portfolio as I was speaking. 
So they were excited to have something in their hands right off the bat that they could look at in real time. Now, you mentioned that you had a, a one sheet and you had it linked on there at the QR code. Was that hard to do? Not at all. I just, you know, made a, a document. You can use Microsoft. You can use Google. I'm personally a Google person. Um, and I made everything look like my resume. So all the same font. Um, my name is like bold and big at the top. And um, it had just any information that they maybe had asked for when I was going into that interview. So list of references or um you know, any pertinent information. If I was doing a demo lesson, there might be information on there in, in connected to that demo lesson. Um, but it, the big thing is that I made it a one sheet because uh, people have a tendency not to read further. So they want to know the most important information, quick and simple, um, so that they don't have to flip the page. So I made sure everything was on one page. I'd love that. And then having the link to the QR code, they can just go right to your digital portfolio and check it out while you're interviewing live. That's really powerful. And I'm sure that sets you apart from other teacher candidates applying for that same job. I I sure hope it did. I think it did because I got hired very quickly. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it did too. Awesome. So can you share some tips and strategies? Maybe we, we've won some people over with why they need it, what it is, how it can help them during their job search. But how do we actually create one? For some of us, this could be a really overwhelming process. But for others that are a little tech savvy, maybe we're like, oh, I can do this. This is awesome. How do we um, help both people, um, people from both of those camps that are kind of a little nervous with technology and some who are really doing some amazing things with ed tech? Absolutely. So um, you're going to link to a Google Slides presentation um, in your show notes. And on there, I have um, kind of like a walkthrough. And this is a, a workshop I've done with my local college where I go back and talk to teachers. And the first thing I say is pick a site. Uh, so there's lots of places you can create digital portfolios. It's basically a web page. Um, but the three most popular ones I've seen are Wix. Weebly and Google Sites. Um, as far as which one's best, I don't really think there is one that's best. It's just whichever one is best for you. So if you are really tech savvy, if you are not really tech savvy, um, there is a you know website portfolio creation site that works best for you, that makes you feel most comfortable. I know that Wix um, is really into graphics, so there's a lot of things that make it look very good. Weebly is very user-friendly. Everything is designed to be click and drag, sort of button-oriented. And then Google Sites, uh, I'm sure that I'm hoping that people are familiar with the Google products, but Google Sites is meant to be very um, hyperlink-oriented, so you can connect to lots of different elements in one space. So that's definitely my first recommendation is pick a site that works best for you. And when you do and you start creating, you want to make sure that it is very readable. So when you go on websites, uh, I'm sure any website, whether it's a company or you're looking up information or you're just surfing around on the internet one day, the what websites you're probably drawn to are the ones that have lots of pictures, the ones that have a little bit less text. 
um, the ones that have a nice flow to them. So when you're creating your digital portfolio, you want it to have that feel too. You want to have lots of images. People love to look at pictures. You want to have um, maybe less text or at least things that are linked to text or linked to lesson plans or whatever, but you shouldn't be writing your whole lesson plan on your digital portfolio um, just because people aren't going to want to read that. And if they do, maybe you provide them the opportunity through a link or a button, but you don't need to put it on the page itself. Uh, to go along with that, um, the big thing you have to do on your digital portfolio is highlight your experiences. I'm hoping that all of the student teachers that are hearing this and all of the future teachers um, that are listening are getting out there and doing a lot of things with kids. You want to put those experiences, real life experiences, with students on your web page because your employers want to know that you're not a novice. They want to know that you've been in front of children. They want to know that you've done volunteer work, all of those great things. So all of your field courses, all of your student teaching, all of your volunteerism make space for that on your digital portfolio. Um, and if you are not sure if you can, be sure to ask, can I use photos from this experience um, and take them with me? Can I, do you mind if I put this onto my um, digital portfolio? Ask your supervisors, whoever they happen to be, if you can use those things um, and then use them. People love pictures of kids doing fun things. Um, there's nothing like a picture of a kid smiling to catch someone's attention. <laughs> I know, and you post a lot of those pictures on your social media account as well. Yes, I do. Um, and I guess a plug, if anyone wants to see what I'm doing with my kids, you can catch me on Twitter at Amanda Jean too. Um, yeah, I do a lot of things with my kids. Even now that I'm an employee teacher, I'm still keeping up with um, that digital portfolio, with that social media presence, because it helps propel me into my future, whatever that happens to be, because I think sometimes too, you, you when you get your your teaching job, you're like, oh, this is it, um, and it doesn't have to be it. Like there can be even more than that. So <laughs> it's a good thing to keep up. Yeah. Um, the next thing you gotta make sure that you're putting on your digital portfolio um, is real work that you've created, real work students have created. Um, you want to make sure that. There are your best lesson plans are posted there for employers to see. I would say you should have a whole tab that is designed around a unit plan. Um, I imagine, at least it was this way when I was a student teacher, you have to create an entire unit plan when you're student teaching. Whatever that unit plan is, is probably your best work yet. And you want to put that on there so that your employers can see not only the sequence of your work, but the scope, um, because that's something that you're not going to have as much experience in. You're going to understand um, the sequence in which things happen, but the scope in which things happen between a whole year and a whole unit is the one thing you have against you. So you want to showcase that as much as possible because they know coming in that you don't have as much scope as a 10-year teacher. So you want to give them at least a little preview and say, well, I, I have seen something through over a period of time. Um, and then any digital content you've created um, should definitely go on there. Like I know I made like 
websites for college and I did all kinds of like graphics for a place where I volunteered. Anything you create, um, you should showcase and your digital portfolio is a great place to do that. Uh, I think I already mentioned that images are a great thing to put on your portfolio, but I'll say it again and again. Um, they say a picture is worth a thousand words because it is. <laughs> um, in uh, in science-wise, your brain actually processes images 13 times faster than other media. That's one of the reasons why we, we love pictures is because our brains are literally designed to absorb images and video and anything visual um, very, very quickly. It's almost like eating candy. Your, your brain can take it in quickly and love it. Of course, make sure that those pictures are um, given to you with permissions. And whenever you can get pictures of you with kids, do that. I know that I always had my co-op take pictures of me all the time with kids. Um, whenever I was volunteering, I made a point to ask people to take pictures of me. Um, and it kind of seems like a weird thing. You're like, I know some people feel uncomfortable saying, hey, can you take my picture? Um, but you want to be present on your portfolio. And the only way for you to be in your portfolio is if you have pictures of yourself. So you got to kind of go out of your comfort zone and, and get those pictures because you're not always going to have that opportunity. Um, and when you're learning, when you're a student, when you're a teacher candidate, it's the best time to get all of that stuff in. Uh, little quick trips, uh, tips to go along with your portfolio. Um, hyperlink everything. So all of the digital portfolio sites like Wix and Weebly and Google Sites, they all have the ability to link pictures, link text, link um, documents, link whatever. You want to make sure everything is hyperlinked. If you talk about a lesson plan, then you want to link to that lesson plan. If you're talking about the place where you volunteer, you want to link to the website where you volunteer. Um, you also want to show your interests. Um, your resume is a great place to show your experience. but what you don't get on your resume is kind of who you are and what you like um, and your personality, but your portfolio is a great place to showcase that. So if you're really into horseback riding and you, you know, volunteer with your local um, stable, or if you um, are really into sports or you're, you love yoga, whatever it happens to be, um, this is a great place to show that so that you're you know, employers, they want to know that you're a diverse person. They want to know you're well-rounded. Um, this is that place to show it. So I know that I had lots of, you know, links to technology-oriented things and um, particularly my volunteer work that I do in my community on my portfolio so that they could go and see like, oh, wow, she's really involved in, in her community. And that's something we want too. Of course, link all the social media everywhere. Any place you have a chance to like plug Twitter in there or Instagram, whatever you're using, LinkedIn, put it on every single page. Um, because at some point, someone's going to catch it and say like, oh, this person's kind of interesting. And then they're going to follow your social media. Um, now it's really exciting. Potential employer decides to follow you and you're like, oh, look, Westchester School District is following me or 
you're like, oh, you know, Perky Omens said superintendent uh, looked at my LinkedIn page or whatever it happens to be because you can see all of that. So it's great feedback, um, even though they're not like speaking to you. It's great sort of data feedback to see like who's doing what where. Right. And I love how you talked about the importance of linking it back to your digital portfolio, whether you have a LinkedIn profile on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, even making sure you have your digital portfolio linked into all those places, maybe under your bio. So people can find you in different places and find more information about you through your digital portfolio. I really like the idea of also sharing out what you're doing during student teaching with permissions, of course, but also like kind of having like a little trail for someone to follow throughout your student teaching experience. I've been following lots of student teachers who are currently in their placement on Twitter. Teach student teachers I've never met in real life, but I've I've been following their journey through student teaching because they've been posting things that they're learning about or maybe some quick thoughts or a picture or two of them with students or what their students are working on, or maybe they have a question. But being able to leave this little like breadcrumb trail of awesomeness is an incredible way for them to stand out from the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that it, whether no matter where you are in your journey, whether you're student teaching right now or you student taught like last semester or you want to start collecting things and putting them somewhere. And your digital portfolio is a great place to do that. It's a great place to organize all of your stuff and your artifacts and your experience so that you can even just keep track of all of the great things that you've done. So I know that I started my digital portfolio when I was probably a sophomore. And I mean, it's never really done because even now I still work on it. However, it was a great place to just house stuff because you can lose track of things easily too. So use it as your hub. Collect things now. Start your your journey, your breadcrumbs, um, so that when you get to the end of the road, um, when you're done student teaching even, you'll have all of the things you need and you'll just need to, you know, polish it up. Amanda, you've given so many amazing tips throughout this interview. I think we're going to have to go back and listen to it again. Um, But you talked about the importance of highlighting your experiences, showing real work, using lots of images in your portfolio. There are so many ways you can build a portfolio, whether it be through Wix, Weebly, or Google Sites, and some different ways you can organize and navigate through your digital portfolio. I'm sure we put a lot of people at ease when it comes to creating our portfolio. But Amanda, can you share a little bit about what you're doing now and how my listeners can get in touch with you if they have any questions? Absolutely. So right now I am a fourth grade teacher and I teach math and science only. We are departmentalized in my school district and I um, am all over the interwebs. So you can find me mostly on Twitter. That's kind of my hub where I post a lot. And if you go on my Twitter, you'll see tons and tons of examples of things I do with my kids every single day. I'm very avid poster. So my Twitter is Amanda Jean Two. Uh, Jean is spelled with an E on the end. And um, from there, you can find all of my other information. My digital portfolio that I currently have is linked on my Twitter page. So you can check that out and see what it looks like now that I'm um, a practicing teacher. It's a little different than it used to be. I've changed things up a little bit, but um, I still have it, still working on it. That's awesome. Amanda, thanks for being a lifelong learner. And thanks for so much for coming back on the show. It was so much fun. 
absolutely. I love any chance I get to talk to you, Sam. <laughs> and there you have it, Edu Magicians. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with your friends. For more Edu Magic, check out sfesage.com. And follow Dr. Sam on Twitter and Instagram at SFessage. Until next time, you have the edge of magic within you.